0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in. It is another edition of Booty and Barbeau. He's Josh Booty. I'm Rachel Barbeau. Believe Podcast, the number one podcasting site for professionals. Big thanks to our sponsor, my bookie. Josh will tell you about them a little bit later on. Uh, but we want to talk, uh, obviously, the namesake, what we focus on, as well as other programs and games and the full college landscape. But LSU, baby, puts up a huge number, Josh Booty, against the Northwestern State uh, Demons, uh, 65 to 14. 60? Wait, wait, wait. What? An LSU offense put up 65 points.
1: You know, Burrow, Burrow it's funny you you, funny you you led with that story. You know, Burrow, before the season, he made a bold statement. He said, we're going to be able to score 40, 50, 60 points a week, and we've got the horses to do that, and we've progressed to the point where we can do that. And, and all the fans kind of got a chuckle out of that going, is he serious? Like, are we going to really score – you know, can we even score 30 points? I mean, in the last three ball games versus Alabama, we've got a combined 10 points. So we scored three zero seven the last three matchups with Bama, and so when when it, when we start talking about 40, 50, 60 points a game, uh, you know, we kind of laugh. But it's kind of holding up. I mean, we played an unbelievable game against Texas two weeks ago. We got our 800th win in program history against Northwestern from Nagatish, Louisiana. Team came down and uh head coach Brad Laird there at Northwestern of course I, I kind of feel bad for him he he had to walk into the Lions den and play the inter- <laughs> you know the interstate school but uh you know 65 points a lot of points to put on the board and LSU offense just looks like it's rocking right
0: you know uh is it Is it too crazy? There's two names that I've been throwing out there that I've been talking about. And Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago, people were like, oh, yeah, right, whatever, too (laughs) soon. But as the season goes on Mm -hmm. and blink or sneeze and you'll miss it, you know that Josh Booty. But as the season (laughs) uh, goes on, I I keep thinking about Jalen Hurts and -hmm. I keep thinking about Joe Burrow and they Mm -hmm. just keep putting up the numbers. They
1: do. I mean, Burrow's in that conversation, which before the season start, who would have known, you know, right? Who would have thunk it? They say in the South, but Joe Burrow, completion percentage, number one nationally, not number one, the SEC nationally, uh, uh, 83.3% completion percentage. Hertz is at 80.3. So three percentage points behind him. And then you got two at 76.9 and Fromm right behind him. So you got four of the top ten passers completion percentage wise in the in the nation playing you know Helen in the SEC. So we've got this SEC is kind of taking a turn for offense, which in the past you know if you look back five ten years ago you would have never thought that those kind of numbers were attainable in the SEC. So Burrow's doing a heck of a job, and of course. Uh, you know, I said Jalen Hurts, SEC, Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. Now, they're, these guys former are SEC guy, former, former SEC, SEC guy. guy. Yeah, I mean, he was at Alabama for three or four years, four years. So, I mean, we got some guys that are coming out of the SEC and doing a lot of damage through the air. And that's that's impressive. Uh, that's that had not happened in a long time, probably since some of the Spurrier years.
0: You know, what's interesting to me, too, is uh, is, as you mentioned, you talk about the maturation of the mm-hmm. SEC, the maturation, And and, and I, I I just want to hone in and talk about the maturation of this LSU football team. You know, you go from mm-hmm. and I keep harping on this, but you go from outsiders expectations and 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 people talking about the head coach and and what's going to happen. And and can they beat Alabama and, and line of scrimmage play? And all those things. Right. And mm-hmm. they they shake that off. And they and I know Joe Burrow talked this past week. Hey, listen, you know there's lots of room for improvement, including in-game adjustments. Mm -hmm. So there's still a ton of work to be done. But we are watching this LSU program evolve right before our eyes.
1: Evolve evolution of the offense is no doubt. I mean, we we've talked about this and we've had a show for years together and we always Mm -hmm. talked about LSU and the culture and it it wasn't passing it was always run first I backfield pitch dive power traps and different things like that we'd get two receivers on the field was a lot now Mm -hmm. we got four and five wives I mean you talk about Derek Dillon, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall, Stephen Sullivan that's five guys right there that got big that that play big minutes and get a lot of catches and we're distributing the ball well but What's so impressive about our offense is this quarterback, Joe Burrow, looks super comfortable. He does a good job of taking what the defense gives him. Northwestern State was playing a lot of quarters defense, and if you don't know what quarters is, if you're listening, it's when you play four across corners, play as deep as safeties, and they all have a quarter of the field responsibility, a deep quarter. Mm-hmm. And so they were playing off coverage, and he just took what they gave him all day. He went through his progressions. He didn't neglect uh, you know what they were giving him, and he didn't get greedy. And uh, that was that's part of being a quarterback. It's being mature. You know, not trying to make a big play, not trying to win the Heisman in one throw. It's like take what they give you every time, and they just move the chains. And it looks impressive because they're playing pitch and catch, and we have never seen that in Tiger Stadium like this.
0: Would what would Josh Booty look like in this (laughs) offense with Joe Brady and Coach Insminger? What would you like? What would you look like as a signal caller in this offense?
1: It's crazy because I I talked to my dad about it, and he goes, Man, would you not have liked to play in this offense? And we were talking about this a couple days ago, and I'm like, Yeah, I mean. When you got that many athletes on the field and you got a run game and you got, you know, four offensive line starters back from a season ago. I mean, you got a mature offense. You got a bunch of six three gazelles out wide. Who wouldn't want to play in that offense? It's we're starting to look like Oklahoma. We're starting to look like Clemson. We're starting to look like Tua in Alabama. Now we can play with those guys, Ohio State. I mean, they've been doing it for three or four years and putting up extreme numbers, but heck yeah, there's not a quarterback in the country that wouldn't want to play. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that would look look good in this system. I feel like I could still do it, Rach, but I would, I'd love to be out there. There's no question in this offense with, with the four and five wide receiver sets with Clyde Edwards, Hilaric tailback, Mm -hmm. who has been impressive in the first three ball, uh, ball games. And I think that's, He's he's a he's a great little running back that fits in small gaps and and he can do some fun things in the pass game as well. He catches the ball well. I mean, we've got a well-rounded offense, which is it's unbelievable because last year it wasn't there and now we look well-rounded. So it's like, man, how far can you come in a year, you know? And now we got some big ball games ahead of us.
0: What about uh, the, there's been a very strong connection between Joe Burrow and Terrace Marshall with six mm-hmm. touchdown passes. I know Burrow talked about the fact, man, he's like a big body in the red zone and you got to put a big body yeah, yeah. on on him to cover him. And he pops open. He said, I think that was a word uh, uh, Joe Burrow uses about him. He pops open uh, in the red zone for me. And he's pretty happy about this kind of bond that they have formed. But he's not the only one, as you mentioned, so many targets uh, for this LSU offense and for Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, you know, Terrence Marshall, and not a lot of people know this, but he was the top receiver going into his senior class in the in the nation. ESPN number one receiver receiving recruit out of Parkway High School in Bossier City, Louisiana, right across the street from where I grew up, a couple miles. But, um, this kid was awesome. He, he got an injury in the first game of his senior year, and he kind of fell off the map. Of course, LSU kept his scholarship, and I'm glad they did because this guy has come into his own. And I'm telling you, he's one of those guys that's going to play on Sundays. He's 6'3". He's smart. I mean, the guy loves football. He understands the pass game. He grew up in the in the spread offense uh, as well. So, you know, he told me in the offseason we were at a football camp doing a football camp together, and he said – he said, We didn't show anything in the spring, Josh, passing wise, mm. but we're gonna come out hot. You watch us, we're Woo. gonna come out. And I'm telling you, when you got guys saying that, when you got a guy like Burrow leading the charge, you can just tell they're feeding off each other. And they got yep. all these these playmakers, and Burrow doesn't do anything crazy. He just gets them the ball. And it just looks it looks right, you know, and that's what that's something like I said that we hadn't Hadn't done, but we got the athletes across the board and you've seen them for years. Me and you yep. pulled your hair out going, why, 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 why can't they <laughs> get the playmakers the ball, you know, and and uh, in in certain situations, in certain situations. But it looks like we're getting them the ball.
0: So, OK, here's a, a big hurdle for any team. It's one thing to, and I remember this a couple of years ago with Old Miss under Hugh Freeze. They they got up to the, the 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 top of the echelon, if you will. They you know Mississippi State there too for a couple of years with Dak Prescott. It's one thing to get there; it's another thing, Josh to stay there, (laughs) managing expectations. And if anybody in the world could take anything from Dabo Sweeney and from Nick Saban, I think two of the things, the elixir that they want Mm -hmm. is how to keep motivating those guys, how to, and and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, Saban talked about what happened in the national championship game last year, but I'm curious with LSU Mm -hmm. now going into Vanderbilt, right? I'm curious how, how, you know, Coach O and the rest of the staff in this program and the leaders, the Kings, the Changing the Narrative Kings on right. this team, how they manage expectations because you're human, you're on social media, they're on social media, they hear it, they read the adulation. So it's one thing to get there, but it's how do you stay there? And yeah. that to me will be the true test of Ogeron's legacy at LSU is can you get them there? But can you keep them there, Coach? That's the question. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, riding that wave, right? I mean, those are great, great points, Rachel. They really are. And expectations have never been higher, I think, especially because we've lost eight straight games to Alabama. Now we feel like we've got a chance because we see this happening right before our eyes. And like I said, we're 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 moving the ball at a different pace. We're playing at a different pace. We've got a, a guy back there at quarterback that can distribute the ball on time, accurate, can can make defensive uh, make defenses pay. You know, so it's like the fans are getting involved. It's a it's a healthy environment, right? So everybody's charged with the electricity. I mean, we go on the road for our first SEC game against uh, Vandy. They they haven't had much success this year. Their defense isn't isn't uh, isn't ranked high nationally. I think it's a time for us to to pour it on again. We got to continue to pour it on every week and get better as a team. We've got to you know we got to show every opponent. Uh, that we we got what it takes to be a champ, right? So you got to go in there and knock somebody out. And I think that's what we're going to do offensively is have that offensive mindset. If we have that throughout the year and we stay healthy, I mean, healthy, it, 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 healthy part of it is the biggest part of all of it. And you know that. I mean, we saw Drew Brees go out this week, oh. this burger in the NFL. I mean, that can absolutely hammer an offense or hammer a team if you lose your quarterback. So that's the main thing. But other than that, we got to put the – we got to keep the pedal to the metal and i think that's what we're we're going to do
0: all right, Josh. I love your stories, by the way, and uh, and and just great insight. and in, And this is why I love doing this with you all these years and get to do this podcast. I have to tell you, I saw something the other day, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't stop laughing. But it and it's not funny. It's not funny these injuries in in the NFL. But it is a wild and wacky year in the mm-hmm. NFL in terms of injuries and tanking and the Dolphins and what's going on yeah. with Antonio Brown. It gets crazier and crazier by the moment. And I, I saw a, um, a tweet the other day that said, I don't know how long it's going to be before they call Uncle Rico to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to start. In the NFL, like before, they just have open tryouts somewhere. Uh, but it, it's it's that kind of craziness right now going on in the league that most, if not all, of these guys want to get to.
1: Yeah, you know they're gonna be. You know, we're gonna see Tebow show up again. You know he's gonna he get <laughs> another chance. And the you know, but you know it's a it, it's it's interesting because you really it really shows you how vulnerable. You are as a team at all times, so you have to. Yep. You have to be aware of everything that's going on. You have to make sure you're stockpiled at every position. The quarterback position is the hardest position to stockpile, especially in the National Football League. At the college, at the college level, you can have you know the, some of these big time programs have two, three guys that are capable. They're athletes. They're top recruits. They they can stockpile them a little bit. But when you talk about the NFL, man, if you're good, there's you know there's only Thirty-one starting jobs, and if a couple of guys go out, they start making some trades, and they get the best one. The next, you know, two or three in there, uh, and, and shuffle them around. So the NFL, man, it's it's so it's so such a crazy professional game because injuries exist at the highest level in the NFL as it is, and then when you lose your quarterback. It's like man I hope he comes back fast. I mean the Saints they can't wait for Breeze to come back in 6 weeks. You know, I was planning on going in 2 weeks to the Saints Cowboys game in the in the Superdome and I canceled my, my my trip because of Drew Breeze. I mean that's how that's how these wow. players mean, you know, to the to the game, to the atmosphere, you know, a Sunday night football game in the Superdome without Breeze it just isn't the same, you know. So it, it just goes to show you man, you got you, you, you know, you got to prepare for the worst, but you better hope your your starting quarterbacks in the NFL stay, uh, you know, stay healthy because that's the only way. Brady, if Brady's doesn't stay healthy, the Patriots aren't near what they are, and and you know, on down the line, I mean, it's just how valuable those guys are.
0: Okay, I uh, before we take a break, I have to ask you this. I tried, I tried, I tried my best, Josh, to uh, to temper. I tried to wait. I'm not very good at patience. God did not give me patience, uh, and it's not one of my final qualities. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so. What you have seen from Bama up until this point, oh. and what you've seen from LSU—I mm-hmm. told you I tried—I tried to stop myself, but I couldn't. <laughs> what you've seen from LSU I to this them. point, if they played this coming week, now listen—it's down the road, but if they yep. played this coming week, what? Talk to me some of the the keys you, you would you would uh, that that would be integral for that game.
1: I think the, I think the the defense of the secondaries are the most vulnerable. For both teams, and and LSU talks about DBU, but I'm telling you, the the, the the receivers and skill guys that are on the field for Alabama are excellent, and the and the same for LSU, right? So Tua can probably make a few more plays than Burrow can, especially with his legs, but and he's a little quicker uh, than Burrow, but but Burrow is a is a tough, competitive snot, and he sees the field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and now he's got all these weapons. So I think that 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 that, that disparity between quarterbacks has shrunk. Uh, last year, I would have said Tua run away with that deal. This year, Burrow's closing that gap a little bit, but I think Tua would have a knot, and I'm barely. And just because he can move around better, but I think the secondary can can Alabama contain us, or can we contain Alabama? I think that's a real question mark in that ball game. I I love their athletes. I love our athletes. I'm telling you, Ruggs the third, uh, Jerry Judy. I mean, they, they got some of the best receivers I've ever seen, and they're playing together. They they look uh, they look great, you know. And the and the in the defense, if they didn't if they didn't lose Dylan Moses right before the year. I'd say Alabama's mm. got a real edge on defense, but without the linebacker or two that they lost, I think we've got a real shot.
0: All right, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from my bookie, and we will be back to talk a little bit of the national weird and wacky landscape, and uh, it it also may be a, a coaching job for me in the future because apparently many, many teams across the country <laughs> need some help and an additional coach. We'll tell you about that next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: At the end of a hard week, it's great to just sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game winning touchdowns on two minute drives, running backs racing down the sideline with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book in the world. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as, as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're gonna bet this football season, bet with mybookie. Join now, and mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LSUF to activate the offer. That's promo code. L-S-U-F. You play, you win, you get paid. Visit mybookie.ag today.
0: Welcome back, Booty and Barbo. Believe Podcast, your number one source and place. But you can find us everywhere, by the way. But Believe Podcast, uh, number one source and place for uh, professionals. We want you to leave us a comment. We want you to share, 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 uh, and laugh along with us. You know, we br- we bring our collective experience, Josh, having been the signal caller myself, being very close to the program, being a sportscaster for lots of years. And then also being close to the program, uh, from a changing the narrative perspective, knowing these players, knowing their parents, knowing the administration, knowing the coaches, knowing all those things, by the way, I do have to tell you a funny story. Uh, you talk about funny stories. Uh, so I, uh, I, after the game at Texas, yeah. you know, I'm happy, right? Like, I'm, I can't believe I'm telling this story, by the way. <laughs> yes, oh, geez. Uh, yeah. So I'm really happy. It's after the game. And I see Coach and his wife. And um, and I have not met his wife yet. And I was just in the moment. You know, Coach waves to me. And I don't know if, whether he put his uh, – Coach yeah. O, by the way. Uh, and I don't know whether he put his hand out to me or not. But I just barreled right through it and hugged him. And there was a moment that he turned to his wife and said, have you met my wife?
1: He was that that (laughs) excited. He wasn't worried about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, and then, and then she kind of looked at me like, who is this person? And I went in for the hug for her too, Josh. I want you both. (laughs) And I I thought about it halfway back to, uh, I was out in Round Rock with the team and I thought, you know, they were, whether or not they had the conversation about it or not, they're like, "Who was that crazy dark-skinned girl that hugged us both after the yeah. game?" So I'm gonna have to go to her and tell her the story and tell her who I am, and I'm sure he yeah. explained it to her <laughs> will uh, in the future. But you know, I've had a lot of uh, I've had and, and I will tell them in the future as we get into these SEC games. I've had a lot of interesting experience with yeah. coaches' wives because. You know, I, I'm just doing my job, you know, and, and I have a lot of coaches wives that are friends. But at first, I'm, you know, I'm just um, uh, I'm very gregarious and outgoing and very warm. And and I'm sure there are situations where these coaches wives are like, who is she? You know, and what is she doing around my husband? I'm like, listen, I'm just, caliber- I'm just a reporter. reporter. Yeah. And I got carried away. I'm sorry, Mr. And Mrs. No, Ogeron.
1: Wrong with that. You know, you do a lot for <laughs> the universities, a lot for the kids and a lot for the coaches. So it means a lot, you know, a lot of these college coaches are like father figures as well as high school co- coaches across America. So, you know when they see their their guys perform on the on the big stage, but just you know going through the day to day grind, and then you helping them with life, you know life skills and and off the field stuff, so that they can play in the big game. I mean, there's a lot that it takes for a lot of these players to get in position to play. The, the big games on Saturday nights, right? And you help with that. And the coaches, they understand that because they face it day in, day out with all these players with the problems, with the issues, with school, with, you know, uh, homesickness and being away. And and all yep. that stuff. And then here you come helping his guys understand how important it is to do all the little things and to feel the feelings that they have. And, yep. that, you know, And to to go out there and get it done and then get it done so that you can get out there on the field and get it done. You know, that's the start of the whole thing. And so a coach like Orgeron, heck yeah, he's going to give you the biggest hug in the world. (laughs) You've helped helped the, the team get to the right place and right frame of mind for a big game.
0: I appreciate that Josh and I had to share my awkward moment where I just I barreled through any social cues that said hey here's a handshake and I went in straight for the hug I've done it my whole life my whole career and uh and it's just who I am all right before we get out of here today I do have to uh I do have to to ask you there's been a little kerfluffle and I never get a chance to use that word but a little bit of a right (laughs) a little bit a little bit of a back and forth between Alabama and then there was a comparison between Alabama and LSU and and yeah. LSU getting this crazy amount of night games and it's it's who they are it's their identity and Alabama has has been uh, you know they've been recently uh making a little bit of a fuss about the day games good. and 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 you look at the numbers and wow they are uh they Lop- are
1: it's lopsided, lopsided. It is and a
0: And I understand it's television. I do understand it's television. But you think the SEC could go to the television partners and say, hey, listen, do our our, you know, our teams a favor. Do this team a favor or be kinder to them. But then I would I I know this, Josh, people that don't like Alabama would say, well, you just need to schedule harder because that has been that's been a little bit of a bugaboo on them is is their schedule uh, in recent years, Mm non-conference
1: games. And LSU has been able to schedule some harder non-conference games. Alabama's had a few in the past, but they, they played Florida State, they played USC and, but they buried them and the lines are high. And, you know, and and so when you look at this, like you said, over, you know, over the last, you know, five, 10 years, Alabama has played a ton of 11 AM games. And I think that's what they're complaining about is they're Their fan base can't get up and get into the game uh, by 11 o'clock when LSU's played after 6 p.m. LSU's played twice as many games as Alabama at night over the last six years, 55 compared to 28. You sent me these numbers today, and I I can't believe it, but I know LSU likes to play at night. There's a mystique about Tiger Stadium at night. All of football knows about it, and they try to put LSU on – uh, TV in the National Primetime Spotlight Game so the fans can can see what Baton Rouge is like at night. And I think that's really been the drawing card. That You know, Alabama doesn't have that mystique night game in Alabama. No, you know, Alabama plays a ton of day games. Uh, yep. You know, before 6 p.m. local time, Alabama's played 44 games compared to LSU 17 in the last six years. So, you wow. know, they, gotta, they, they do have a complaint when it comes to wanting to play night games if you really look at it.
0: All right. Um, last point before we get out of here, uh, actually I have two. The first one is there have been a crazy amount of coaches, uh, in games this season where you look back and go, they did what? Like <laughs> they made that mistake. Yeah. They weren't able to do the math on, on, uh, on field position, on points, on time, on the clock, didn't know the rules. And we're talking about everything from uh, a, a game with Pat Narduzzi, which he's defending himself, to uh, to Oregon and Mario Cristobal and a little bit of clock management there. I mean, there, that's just a few. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Josh, if with the with the um, salaries and maybe the coaches can go to the NCAA to petition for another coach who's just there to do math, who's just there. <laughs> it's funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> new, new positions are popping up. I mean – Or or should be popping up. I mean, when you look at when you look at situational football and how much they practice each and every situation, there's still situations that come up on a weekly basis across the country that just you can't believe. Well, you know, they don't understand how they got there, and then it you know it it happens so fast. There's eighty thousand people in the stands. It's screaming. It's loud. You know, you got timeouts. You don't have timeouts. You you know you got to go. You got to go fifty yards for a field goal, or you got to throw a hell mary. I mean, there's just so many situations. Down on the one, and uh, maybe you're down ten and or eleven, and you and you and you know you're trying to process all this information. If we score. Should we go for two? Then a field goal will tie. If we get another field goal, you know, onside, and all this stuff. And it's like, wow, you know, there's a lot of things that are that are going on in the course <laughs> of the game, and, it, and sometimes it'll creep up on you so fast you're not ready for it. Les Miles needed a guy. I mean, if I can remember, I mean, he's our, you know, he's a former coach at LSU and now at Kansas, but he needed that decision making analyst that was sitting up in the box going, okay, coach, you know, we, we got one time out here. Do you, you, do you understand the situation, you know, and someone really in his ear, you know, and it's really should be the offensive coordinator in, in my opinion, but he's got a lot, he's got a He's got to call plays. He's got to make sure his personnel's on the field. He's watching all this happen, and he doesn't know. You know, maybe if it if the game is out of hand or not, or if you're down seventeen. In the NFL, they always taught us the the, the magic number is seventeen. You got to get up above seventeen. If you can get up above seventeen, in the fourth quarter, it's almost impossible to lose the game. And those are some things that we practice as pros. And I said this off the air. We practiced a little bit of situational football, even with Saban at LSU, and so we kind of knew. You know, different situations. We practice them on Friday. But when we got to the NFL, man, there wasn't anything we didn't practice. And it was it was 10x more than we practiced in the co- the college game. So you can watch the NFL and you can see, man, their clock management is on point. I mean, for the most part, most of the good teams are on point in college clock management. not very good.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, this is all I'm going to say about it, because I I, I try not to judge people the way they do their jobs, because I don't I, I know I could do a better job. But you think with the amount of coaches yeah. that are on headset, the amount of guys that are on staff <laughs> and then analysts and then interns and and student coaches, that there would be somebody say, hey, hey hey coach, hey coach, yeah, hey sometimes coach. Sometimes
1: you need a computer nerd, you know, you got to have that guy <laughs> that, that's not great maybe on the field coaching athletes, these big, you know, strong studs, you know, so a guy that's sitting up there with his computer going, okay, with, you know, with uh when we're up nine with uh two minutes left, we should do this from the 12-yard line. I mean, it, it's crazy how, I guess, how uh, how far the game has come and how much data really is out there and attainable and and in the NFL it's it's unbelievable the, the printouts that you get weekly it's like you're studying right. for a midterm you know it really is when you get to the NFL in college you watch film you try to know your opponent uh, you do what you do well in the NFL it's a copycat league it's like studying for a midterm every week you got uh, 60 new plays you're you know, red zone, goal line, for, you know, short yardage. Uh, you got different plays that you're putting in that teams have had success against the team you're playing. So it's a whole different ballgame when you get to the NFL. But I think they do need these situational guys. That, I don't know if you'd pay them what, what an offensive coordinator would get paid, but, you you know, you need a position for a guy that could help maybe uh, an offensive analysis. That's kind of what Joe Brady's doing for us, though. He's he's, he's helping Innsminger, uh open this thing up, and he's probably mm-hmm. a guy that's sitting up there going, okay, You know, we need to do this and that and this and that. And He's more of a technician.
0: Uh, Last thing, and we'll get into it next week. I've got it in my notes for our show next week. By the way, our pod drops every Wednesday. We talk a little bit. Why Wednesday? We talk a little bit of last week. We talk moving forward and we talk the national scene. We want to give you something on Wednesday uh, to take you back and move you forward. So there's that. That's why we drop on Wednesday. So tell your friends, share, share, share. Leave us a comment rate us you can uh you can email me or message me or josh on social media and laugh about our stories uh or uh, or agree or disagree with our analysis but to set you up for next week i said this at the beginning of the season it's either going to be spectacularly wonderful for gus malzahn Mm -hmm. because his back's against the wall it is him it's his offense he gets to go back to being the mad scientist or it's going to go spectacularly bad now listen have they had some ups and downs? They absolutely have. But I like what Gus is doing there. I like him being the author of his own offense. <laughs>
1: well, you know, he's been known to when he calls the plays, have a lot of success. He just, you know, it always depended on the players in the positions. He needed a quarterback who can run. He needs some he needs a stable of running backs. I mean, you, you we when we turn on the TV and we watch Auburn, we know they're going to have an unbelievable defensive line. They're going to have great linebackers and they're going to have running backs. And they, and, and since Malzahn showed up, they're going to have a quarterback that can distribute it and he can run as well. And that's when they've been most dangerous. It looks like this year they've got running backs galore. I, uh, a couple of years ago, what was the kid's name? He's at Detroit. Now carry uh, on Johnson. What a player he yeah. was. It's like, they need those types of players because to compete with the LSUs, with the Texas A&M's who they play this week, to, to play with Bama, which is the, the end of the season game for them, biggest game of the, of the you know, in the world uh, every year for them. I mean, they've got to have great runners, and they've got to play great defense.
0: All right, Josh Booty, you are the best. I love doing this with you every week. We will be right back here next Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and happy.